Hello and welcome to Trip Report, the podcast that interviews recent travellers so that you can holiday like a pro. I'm your host Emma and this is episode four. Today I'm chatting with Sho, an intrepid explorer. He's a photographer who has visited 85 countries and all seven continents. Sho's photos of his trip are stunning, so I was really excited to chat with him about his trip in November of last year. So, welcome to the podcast show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And so, you are here to talk about your trip to Patagonia and to Antarctica. Yes. And you went in December of last year, is that right? That's correct. And how did you choose to go there? Why did you choose to go there? Um, well, I've always been an avid traveller from sort of ever since I graduated university. I've always wanted to visit all the seven continents. And um, so having done six of them, I decided that this was a year uh, in 2019 to get to all seven under my belt. Wow. So did you did you travel a lot in 2019 then? We went to, as a family, we went to Hawaii. We went to... Jerusalem as well went to, um, but this was going to be just uh, me and my dad together, as it wasn't really a kid-friendly place. And you've always wanted to go to Antarctica, or is it just as kind of tick off that last continent? I suppose sort of in 2010, I backpacked South America, so I started off in Mexico and made my way down to Ushuaia, which is at the tip of South America. Um, is a city called Ushuaia, and that's where a lot of jump-off points uh, to Antarctica uh, depart from. So, but I was on a quite a sort of backpacker budget, so I couldn't afford Antarctica back in those days. Um, and that's, I suppose, that's when I first learned that it was actually a tourist destination. So, I read an extract about it in Lone Planet, who said that you know it wasn't just about going there to see glaciers and uh, penguins there was actually a lot more to Antarctica than that and I I sort of saw it's 10 years since it's gone on and I've delved a bit deeper and saw a lot of travel bloggers have started to go and just the landscapes and I'm I'm a sort of a travel photographer uh, on the side so the landscapes look vast and uh, looked quite overwhelmingly beautiful so I thought it's just one place I needed to go yeah, I mean, it certainly looks amazing from your photos. I've had a little, little look at your photos and I'll link to your website in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to have a look. Fantastic. And so who did you book with? How did you plan out your trip? Um, so funnily enough, back in 2010, when I did backpack South America, I met another photographer in Bolivia and we sort of stayed in touch on Facebook and he got a job as a travel photographer for um, quark expeditions and so i didn't even look at other um uh, sort of providers uh, to go to antarctica i knew that this was the one because i've seen his shots uh, i've seen sort of his company ethos and that um his cruise ships uh they run a maximum of 200 passengers uh, it wasn't sort of too big and 200 passengers is quite a small size in terms of antarctica expeditions um so it was kind of a no-brainer, and I, I messaged him on Facebook and gave him more information about it. And although he couldn't be on that specific trip, um, he, I mean, I, it was a no-brainer for me. Sure. Just through association, basically. Sounds amazing. 
So you left, was it the 5th of December you left and you came back on the 15th? Is that right? Yes, correct. Yes. Great. So where did you fly from? So I got, yeah, I got the only direct flight from London Heathrow to uh, Santiago. And at that point, there was a little bit of, I was a bit anxious actually because the Chile riots were ongoing and they were getting worse and worse and escalating. So I was worried whether, you know, the, the, the airport would shut, which had happened a couple of weeks before. So it was all a bit touch and go, really. But luckily, uh, it had died down by the time my flight departed. And that would get me into Santiago. Then I got a connecting flight from Santiago to, um, it's in Torres del Paine, which is a national park in Chile, because I thought I'd do some And also, it kind of gives me a buffer, uh, just in case I didn't get down uh, to Contarinas uh, in time. But the, so the airport closest to Torres del Paine National Park is Puerto Natales. And then so I checked around Torres del Paine Pan for two, uh, two days. And then after that, I got a bus from Puerto Natales down to Contarinas, uh, which is about two hours and then from there the flight would take you straight on to um, King George Island which is on the Antarctic Peninsula and then that's when you walk to from a military Chilean military base to your cruise ship uh, with um, sort of 200 other tourists and then you embark on this trip uh, on, on the cruise ship which will then take you around the peninsula Wow, and how long was it was the trip around the peninsula? It was eight days. Eight days. Mm-hmm. And did you have to plan for things to take? Did you have to take special equipment or anything? Um, it wasn't just sort of warm material uh, equipment, really. So, so just stuff that you would take maybe if you were going skiing or to a winter holiday destination. Um, there wasn't anything specific because they would provide everything, such as um, sort of these muck boots. Uh, and also the sort of high visibility um, insulated jackets, uh, they would always all be provided. Um, and then you get a briefing the first uh, before you actually even leave Chile. Uh, you know how how you sort of board a Zodiac boat, which is like a motorised dinghy. How you embark it, how you disembark it safely. Um, how to preserve biodiversity in Antarctica. So you have to basically clean all your gear, make sure that you don't carry any microbes onto Antarctica and also carry microbes off Antarctica. So there were sort of uh, various um, uh, protocols that you had to adhere to. Okay, so did you go to Antarctica first for the first part of your trip? Uh, I, I was in, I was trekking around Chile and then I went to Antarctica, yeah. Okay, so you flew on the 5th of December and then what did you, how did you start then? Um, so I just literally got into Puerto Natales. Um, I had a, a, a night booked at a eco hotel, um, and just um, what I did do is I hired a driver and a photographer to basically drive me to the national park, um, and uh, we spent um, a about one and a half days in the National Park is trekking to the main uh, attraction, which is the Three Towers. Um, it's quite an iconic scene in Torres del Paine. Um, yeah. And 
that's about a eight hour trek uh, there and back. Uh, and then uh, I did a bit more trekking in the morning and then left for um, uh, Punta Arenas in the afternoon. Okay. And how was the, the eating when you were on the trekking and things like that? Did you stay overnight whilst you were trekking or did you always come back to your, your eco-lodge? Yeah, this time I didn't do a tent. Um, I didn't actually camp, so I just stayed in an eco camp. Sure. Uh, which is pretty much like a it's like a glamping type tent thing, uh, you know, with a with a toilet and and stuff. It's quite nice. Um, and um, the food wise, it was it was fine. It was you know just sort of sandwiches and stuff during the daytime. And I had to take do a takeaway um, breakfast because I left it so early in the morning mm-hmm. just to get on the trail as soon as possible. Um, and um, I, I hired a photographer slash driver because I didn't want to use public transport and have to wait because obviously the Antarctica trip was a priority for me. So I needed to make sure that I was in control of my own timetable and therefore uh, get to Punta Arenas in time and make sure I was there for the briefing. And you must have seen some pretty amazing wildlife on your trekking as well. Yeah, I mean, there's... Um, um, narcos there there's, there's a lot which are sort of they look like llamas and they sort of run about on the road uh it's a very famous spot for pumas uh, as well um yeah pumas so um but i didn't see any uh they're, oh, they're quite shy yeah they're quite shy so but i, I saw a plethora of um, wildlife also in antarctica as well sure. such as penguins orcas oh, wow. Uh, seals. Wow. So you did your trekking through Patagonia and then you went down to, where was it that you got the boat from again? Or no, you, you flew to get the boat? Yeah, that's right. So there's two options for Antarctica. There's um, either a flight fly over the Drake Passage or you can get a boat over the Drake Passage. And the difference is, is obviously it's quicker. Uh, the boat takes two days to get there. So you need to accommodate for four days just on the boat there and back. But a flight from Punta Arenas to uh, Antarctica would only uh, be two hours. So by getting the flight, you're basically saving yourself four days. Mm, big difference, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> And also the Drake Passage is quite notorious for its, you know, humongous waves, like, you know, sort of 20 foot high waves. That, you know, <laughs> and so if you were, you know, a little bit seasick, it's, um, it's not fun. Not ideal. <laughs> and like you say, you can utilise your time really well by getting the plane there. Yes, exactly. I mean, it, obviously it does cost more, but, um, you know, with that you get time. Sure. And so when you got to Antarctica, how did that start off? What, what did you do, first of all, when you got there? Okay, so you land on a military base, a Chilean military base, and then um, you disembark the airplane, um, you wait for another airplane which carries another 100 tourists. And so you're, uh, the first plane carries 100 tourists, then you wait another, for another plane to land behind, that came behind you. That was 200, now there's 200 tourists. So these 200 tourists would then march from one side of the island to the other side where the ship is uh, docked in a sort of archipelago. Uh, from there, you, uh, a zodiac will come in to the shore and then 10 tourists will get into the Zodiac, um, making sure they remembered how to get on without falling into icy waters. And then that would then carry you and ferry you across 
to your cruise ship, which will be your home for the next seven nights. Wow. So when you say trek across the island, how far was that? It was about a 45-minute trek, but it's sort of on very uh, basic gravel roads. So because there's so many science bases, there's science bases like Russian science bases, Chinese science bases, it's sort of, it's like a little scientific community. So it's not, you're kind of exposed to the elements of it. it there's, I wouldn't say there was anything to see there, just other than science bases. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so it's pretty much just the airport on the island then, or the landing strip. Yes, pretty much, yeah, and science bases. And science, yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So you've survived to getting through on the Zodiac dinghy and you, and you get onto yeah. the, the big ship. And what was it like for the living spaces on the ship? Yeah, so there are different classes of living spaces. There's uh, a porthole uh, cabin, which is a sort of a small porthole window. Then the next one above that would be a proper window, a sort of square window. And then the, above that, I think you get suites and then you get sort of captain suites, which I've never saw. But um, we were in the window suite. So it was quite a nice sort of big window that you could look up out of. Um, and it was just me and my father in a sort of, a, a decent sized single bed on each side and a, and a fairly fairly nice toilet actually better than what I thought it would be hmm. and did you have shower facilities and things like that or not yeah it was sort of a very compact shower wet room with a with a with a toilet and a sink oh, okay sounds sounds not too bad actually for a ship <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah and then what what was the kind of schedule for each day did you have a schedule or well, yeah, here's the thing. I suppose in Antarctica, just being in the wilderness, each day the weather can is quite changeable. So we, you don't really know what you're going to do until a day before. The tour leader will basically scout out a load of tourist landing sites and judging by how the weather is going, he will decide what order to do it or whether to do it at all or whether to do a substitute landing site. Um, but I think we were quite lucky because we were told that we basically got to do all our first choices or his first choices in terms of the landing sites. Um, and so it, it, it varies day by day, but you basically be called up. Uh, you listen every morning, you go for breakfast and then you listen to, uh, um, after you have your breakfast, you go back to your room and you listen to your call. So once they call out a group name, you then um, go to the um, gangway and just wait for your Zodiac to pull in. And then each of you, uh, 10 of you would then go onto the Zodiac and either go onto a, um, go into a landing and do a hike, or you could do a, a, sort of a mini cruise on the Zodiac to, uh, to look at wildlife, look at seals, look at icebergs. Um, the thing with Antarctica is that you're only allowed 100 tourists at one time uh, on the land. So what they'll do is they'll do 100 people maybe to hike on, a, on, a, on, the, on the actual ground, and then the other 100 in 10 Zodiacs will be going around this, this sort of sea next to it and looking at various sites. So then, then you swap afterwards. Wow. So that must be quite a lot of logistics for the, all the different yes, tour guides. Yeah. 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 So when, when, do you, when you got there, were you assigned a group or was it a different group every day? Or Exactly. You were assigned a group and that would be your group for the rest of the, the duration of the, the, um, the expedition. Great. And what kind of wildlife, what did you see? Uh, yeah, so about I think about five different species of penguins, um, uh, including chinstrap penguins, um, uh, Adelie penguins, 
um, and macaroni penguins. Uh, maybe three different types of seals, uh, like a leopard seal um, and elephant seals. That's all I can remember. And then also, whilst we were cruising, we saw orcas and and um, humpback whales. Wow, sounds really amazing. <laughs> so, so how many days? You said that you were on the ship for seven days. Is eight, that right? Eight days, seven nights. Eight days, seven nights. Great. Yeah. So each day you'd go out and you'd go to a different tourist kind of area, landing point, or tra- yeah. boat around in the zodiac. Yeah. Around the seas and see different things. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And did you have any kind of negative experiences at all? Um, hmm. Do I have any negative? Not really. I mean, on the last day, there is a lot of waiting because even the flights, they are scheduled flights, but they could be delayed because of the weather because it's so unpredictable. The Drake Passage is it's really open out to all the elements. Um, so we did have to wait maybe about six, seven hours just for our flight, but we also had to disembark the ship because they had to get it ready for the next set of tourists. So we'd literally just wait at this military base for hours, <laughs> not knowing when the flight would arrive. Oh, wow. Um, mm. with, I, don't, I, don't, I think there was no access to any toilets or anything like that. So you literally just had to you know, make sure that you can uh, hold out until the plane arrives, really. So I, I guess that, but kind of that's kind of expected when you're in such a sort of remote place yeah amazing wow and so you finally flew out and you flew back to Chile is that right yes that's right yeah and then did you do any more traveling through Chile no I, I just stayed I think did I no, I'm pretty sure I, I got a connecting. I, I got a connecting flight straight to Santiago, and then back to London. So I didn't stay any longer. Great. And do you have any standout experiences from the whole trip? Um, I mean, definitely Quark Expeditions was a good choice. Uh, I def- I don't regret choosing them at all. They were they had an amazing guides. So I got got on with them really well. Uh, they're well trained. Um, they're really knowledgeable. Um, the, the the people, uh, you know, obviously when when you go on these expeditions, especially to Antarctica, everyone is very similar to you, you know, because they're kind of there for the same reasons. So you do connect with a lot of people on the same um, wavelength. As you, uh, it, it's kind of a very um, particular kind of traveler who goes on these expeditions. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean. The landing sites were amazing. I don't think Antarctica ever disappointed in any way. Um, it was there was just it was so vast and overwhelmingly. Um, you just had a sense of overwhelming isolation and remoteness. But yeah, so it's it definitely exceeded all my expectations. Amazing. And is there anything you'd change about your trip? Mm, I would like to go to maybe like South Georgia Islands, which is um, towards the Falklands and also the Falklands as well. Uh, but that would have required a much longer trip. Um, and also there is another add-on where you can sail down to the um, uh, Antarctic Circle. So that's a bit further down towards the pole. The pole. 
but it's literally just an invisible line at the end of the day. But you know, you could say that you went into the Antarctic Circle, which not many people can. Yeah, sure. What an amazing trip. Thanks so much for chatting with me about it. Um, I've just got one last question, and that is, where would you like to go next? We had our trip planned for uh, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, which is uh, cancelled because of COVID-19. So that's the two places that are definitely up there with me that we were going to go as a family. In terms of individual um, adventures, um, for me, Yemen, uh, Venezuela or North Pakistan. Yeah, sure. That, that, that would certainly be really interesting. And you'll have to come back and tell us all about your trip when you do get to go. Yeah, of course. Not a problem. That would be brilliant. All right. Thanks so much for joining me, Show. And as I say, I'll put your blog in the show notes for people to have a little, little look at your amazing photography. Yeah, I mean, great. If you want to have a look at sort of photos, it's my Instagram handle is at Showtography. Uh, it's S-H-U-O-tography, T-O-G-R-E-H-Y. Brilliant. Thanks so much to Show for coming on the podcast. If you weren't inspired to go to Antarctica before, I'm guessing that you are now. I must admit, it's not somewhere that's been on my radar before listening to him talk about it. it. Certainly sounds really amazing and a real trip of a lifetime. On the next episode, I chat with Lucy, who takes me through a few of her recent trips before lockdown hit, including her trip to Canada, Norway and Milan. She tells me some amazing tips on how to bag cheap flights and talks us through some really interesting sounding accommodation. Thanks so much for joining me on today's Trip Report episode. It means so much that you've chosen to spend your time listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so thankful if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review in iTunes, as it helps to grow the podcast and for the podcast to be seen to more people. Or if you know someone who also loves travel and would love to hear this episode, please do share it with them. You can get more information on my Instagram and Facebook page at Trip Report Podcast. You can email me at contacttripreport at gmail.com. You can also email me if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Until next time, travel well and travel safe.